What's up, everybody? Man, it's another edition of Bring the Smoke. I'm Dr. Maxwell. We're here with the bishops. So you know we're going to bring the smoke, but we ain't going to smoke today. You feel me? So anyway, man, we got Bishop Hugh Smith in here out of Detroit, where most of my family is. Shout out to the Maxwells on that side. And over here is Bishop William Dawson. And it's just good to be here because he's one of my mentors here that kind of walked me through a lot of different things to get me through what I was... <clears throat> You know, some of the challenges of coming to a Baptist church when you, uh, when you <laughs> come into a traditional Baptist church that's already established and people set in their ways because, you know, the Holy Spirit is powerful, but I believe the only thing that's sometimes stronger than the Holy Spirit is the culture of church. But anyway, we ain't going to get into all that, man. Just, I'm going to just let these two gentlemen introduce themselves, tell you their background, and then we'll get into Bring the Smoke. But my background um, from a church perspective, I didn't grow up in the church, but I got converted to Christ when I was about 18 through a miraculous encounter with the Lord. I had a heart attack and the Lord healed my heart. And so that kind of started me on a path, wow. a path, and it's a long story, but I'm not going to go into it, but a path yeah, man, where I believe uh, in, in, you know, the supernatural power of God, because that's the way I encountered him. You know, I've found that the encounters that people have when they first come in kind of set the foundation for what, how they see God. And mine was like the Apostle Paul, that miraculous kind of thing. I recognize everybody don't have those kinds of encounters uh, when they come into Christ, but that's been me. So I've been studying that for a long time and we're starting to see some fruit in that area with, with, with ministry, you know, uh, God coming in, intervening into human situations and transforming them. I think, I think we, we need to be skilled in the tactical side of life, but also we have to be conscious of the power of the Spirit at the same time. Amen. Wow. That was... Amen. I'm William Dawson, and and I didn't have such a miraculous encounter. But bless God, I seem to have grown up being a part of almost every church you could be a part of. As a young man, and went into the military and began to be socially active. Uh, was fortunate enough to establish the first branch of the NAACP ever on an Air Force installation in Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in Goldsboro, North Carolina, where I eventually matriculated to Europe. And we established 18 branches throughout Europe and began to get socially active, even as I was growing in the spirit and understanding the Seven Mountain Principle. So I've made 65 trips somewhere around the world in doing that, endeavoring to try to bring together government education, religion, business, and so forth together to build the kingdom of God. And so, but amen, I think I've reached the plateau now that I've come to bring the smoke. <laughs> wow, that's a good one, man. But look, seriously though, I know that we got a, my man here got a teach in a minute and he the boss. So look, we got to We're going to get right into this. <laughs> it's a lot of controversy going on with Israel yeah. right now. And a lot of people, have their own opinions. I'm going to throw mine out there and let you all just go from there. I believe Israel is a chosen uh, mm -hmm. people of God. I do. <clears throat> and I believe all people mess up just like everybody do. I I've been over to Israel only once. And what I saw was, you know, the Jews have a license plate that's one color. The Palestinians <laughs> have a license plate that's another color. <clears throat> and when you're a Jewish person, you can drive anywhere. If you're Palestinian, you can only drive certain streets. You can't go in certain neighborhoods. And I just have, it just reminded me of what uh, my people went through here uh, doing Jim Crowism, um, separate but equal, when we couldn't go down certain streets or drink at certain water fountains or go through the front door. 
And, you know, sometimes when you have a people oppressed, you know, they will begin to rise up in different ways. And um, King would say that riots and violence are the language of the unheard, the people that no yeah. one listens to. And they like, well, you will listen to me now if I burn something down or if I attack or whatnot. So at the end of the day, again, I do believe that they are the chosen people. But then a lot of times, you know, people have migrated in and some of the people, they are really not the original uh Hebraic Jews uh, anyway. So I know it's going to be very controversial. You two leave me alone. <laughs> but at the end wow. of the day, I just want to speak truth to power and just kind of open up a dialogue because that's why I wanted them to hear their background because at the end of the day, you know, when they speak on this, they know what they're talking about. So who wanted to talk about it? Let, let, me, let me say this is a controversial area for a lot mm -hmm. of people, um, but I think we have to look at the Palestinians' uh, position and many of the Arabs' position in that land who question the legitimacy of, of the so-called Jewish people. They question whether or not they have a right. You use the term, they're the chosen people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what does that mean, I guess, to me? Chosen for what, yeah. by who? The scriptures, and I'm, and I'm not saying against it, I'm just I'm stating, I'm just stating mm -hmm. a, a, the surrounding context before right. I kind of state a position. The Bible says that God has placed his name in Jerusalem. So he's talking about the city. The city. And 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 that's his the, the land. Whoever the people are in the land, those prophecies I think are connected to. Whoever the the right people are. Now the question is, are they or are they not? Um, if they are, then there are certain prophetic things that we can apply to them. If they are not, then um, you know what's happening may take on a different, you may take a different a look at what's happening. Let me just say this. Um, I happen to believe that the uh, ground, uh, what is it called? The ground war that they're, 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 mm -hmm. they're uh, saying, suggesting that they're going to engage in will generate a lot of anti-Semitism in mm -hmm. the world. As a matter of fact, there is a growing uh, anti-Semitism all over the place right now. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a verse in Zechariah 12 and 2 that I just wanted to read because I think it fits to that. There's a verse, it says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling and all the people around about her. Then verse 3 says, I'm going to make Jerusalem or the Jewish people a burdensome stone. Yeah. Meaning that there's come a time in history where this nation is going to be a burden to the world. And I'm wondering, is that the prophetic that's coming to pass in our time, you know? <laughs> um, Jerusalem being a burdensome stone yeah. where all nations and everybody in the world are gonna say, hey, we're tired of this group. There was a time when people didn't turn against them. The United States was wholeheartedly supporting as government we are, but but as a country, you don't, right. it, it's not like that anymore. And I happen to believe if they, uh, engage in the ground war is going to create a lot of anti-Semitism in the world and, and the whole world may turn against them in that kind of way. If that happens, is that this verse coming to pass? And then is that going to trigger the, the rest of the things? And I'll give you a chance to talk and I'll come back and talk about the other prophetic stuff that, that you know, and I don't know if you believe in Bible prophecy from that vantage point or not, but Ezekiel chapter 38 says a lot about what's going to happen. Ezekiel 38 talks about a time when Persia, which is modern day Iran, uh, is going to connect up with Russia, Gog yeah. and Magog. Yeah, yeah. And they're supposed to connect up together 
And, yeah. and all of a sudden, strangely, as it may appear, uh, uh, Russia and Iran are in collusion a bit because of the Ukrainian war. Mm -hmm. And and the scripture says that that God is going to put a hook in the jaw of the yeah. army from the north, which is Magog, Russia, and bring her down into this battle. Yes, sir. So if we see this, this, this coalition of Arab nations, including Russia, coming mm -hmm. against uh, the nation of Israel, then are we on the brink of prophetic yes, fulfillment? Where is this stuff really going? And I think that ground incursion that they're threatening uh, is going to uh, trigger yeah. this anti-Semitic feeling around the world, and it could go that direction. Mm -hmm. Now, we got to talk about what we need to be doing with all of this stuff, but that, I just want to say that right now. I st didn't state the position. Are they the people? Are they not the people? Or, mm -hmm. you know, how do we approach that? But, but the land is under question is mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. That land belongs to somebody, <clears throat> and, and uh, his name is there. There is something special about that place, and the whole world is focused on it right now. I'll stop there. I, I think what you say is so relevant in regard to the word of God said, thou shalt know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But what it doesn't say is the relativity of that truth. There are the Arabs and there are the Israelis and they all believe that there is a portion of truth that they have and that is worth defending. I think even as we're looking at it, Jerusalem has become burdensome because what's going on right now in Jerusalem is impacting the world. Yeah and the potential to, to, to catapult us into a, a World War III scenario uh, in that sense, uh, even with the destroyers off the coast. Uh, that's to ensure the little dogs don't come in. That means the big dogs have to come with heavy weaponry. And what the world is really contingent on right now, if in fact Jerusalem obliterates, is the word they use, they want to annihilate Hamas. If they come in with that kind of warfare, then the other big players have to come to the table, such as you suggested with regard to Russia and Iran and others jumping in. Uh, I don't think most people understand the significance of what Biden just did. And to travel over there in the midst of a war zone at the time that he did. And what he was sending to the world was a signal that if anybody else come to the fight, understand who's in this fight. It's Jerusalem and America. It's just not Jerusalem in that sense. And there's always the nuclear deterrent and that, that Israel always threatens. If you come at us, we're coming back just as hard. And so what you say is so relevant in this time. But how many people know the truth? Many people don't even know the essence of the origin of this, whether it goes back to Esau and Jacob or what all we see is sides and people are, are having to choose a side. Are you for them or against this? While they're concerned about Israel's retaliation, not too much has been said about the destruction that Hamas brought originally in that sense. It's almost almost like the football game. Amen. No one sees the first act. They always see the retaliation. Mm. Amen. In that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think that first act, Hamas um, could have been strategic mm -hmm. to kind of light the match yes, that, sir. That, that creating all of this. Right. And to and so Israel can jump. And I think President Biden says something important uh, that they can't allow their rage to blind them right yeah. now. 
because if they just come in because we're angry and we're retaliating, what they're mm -hmm. doing is kind of the same principle that Dr. King used uh, in Birmingham or during the marches. He, he wanted the world to see how vicious slavery right, yeah. really was. Not right. slavery, but mm -hmm. Jim Crow was and how right. mean the people were. <clears throat> so he allowed them to tag on mm -hmm. purpose. The yes, nonviolent resistance was really to show the evil that was there. I'm thinking they're practicing the same kind of principle. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. if, and if Israel falls into that trap, they, 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 the whole world, I right. think, will turn. Wow. Wow. And this is, I like the way you said the reality, because really, reality to most people, to most of us, all of us, really is not really reality. Reality is from our perspective. And that's our own reality, and that's how we, we deal with it. And, and it's a, <clears throat> like, that's why I wanted you two to talk, because <clears throat> I know you all are definitely always into the prophetic, into the, um, um, apocalyptic and things of that nature to be able to just kind of speak truth to these individuals because people get mad at me because <laughs> I don't just be like, yeah, yeah, Israel, go, go, Israel. I, I, I'm, I'm not like that because right is right, wrong is wrong. And at the end of the day, violence anyway, I really don't, I really don't understand why people can't just, if you will, well, I, I get it, they kind of close to each other, but for us, you know, people get mad at somebody way on the other side of the world, man, just don't call them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, they way over there, you gotta, you, you gotta travel a thousand miles over here just to get around these people, so you upset, now you've been my whole country, two presidents or two leaders uh, at odds with each other, then they sitting, everybody else to go to battle, and they just sitting on the sidelines. I think one of the minute factors that gets overlooked is the Word of God says all things work together for the good of them that love Him according to His purpose. But in analysis, when you analyze this, the tactical movement, such as what you suggested, that how calculated Hamas was in their efforts, while it appeared in some, in some cases they were so treacherous, but there was a response that they were eliciting from Israel. And now I think what has been so good in the pronouncement of, of Biden's trip was it delayed what they thought was going to be the land attack, that it would give them more time to calculate what they were going to do and to rethink uh, what they were going to do and the response, because all along this anti-Semitism and this feedback from around the world, which was evident when they thought that missile came from Israel, when it supposedly came from a Palestinian force in that sense, how quick people were to rally and to show their protests against what Israel might do. So this is a, a, a flashpoint. And I forget the exact word that Biden described. He it. said flex point. I think a flex said. point, yeah, in that sense. And, and so the whole world is looking and is burdened by the potential of what this could bring about. And so prophetically, uh, unfortunately, most people are going to be like Israel, caught off guard because, amen, uh, prophetic, any prophetic word is always in search of its destiny and for its fulfillment. And most often, it's not deemed prophetic until after the fact for those who survived and those who were outside of the conflict in that to see that what God had spoken about years, sometimes centuries beforehand, has come to pass exactly like he said it would. Let me be just a little theological just for a moment. Um, the approach to prophetic material in the Bible 
is look through three lenses by most people who call themselves theologians in mm -hmm. some way. Some call themselves preterists. Mm -hmm. The preterist view is that all scriptures have been fulfilled in their time period. There is no future uh, fulfillment of prophetic writings. You know, mm -hmm. Daniel, right. mm -hmm. Zechariah, Jeremiah spoke, but they were speaking to their time period. Yeah. Uh, Jesus in Matthew 24 talks about wars and rumors of wars and all the different things, the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. But he was talking about 70 AD. He wasn't talking about now. That's mm -hmm. the preterist position. Revelations is already fulfilled. Yeah. So they said we're on the wrong track trying to draw some, connect the dots between right. what's happening today <laughs> and, and the Bible. Then there are those that believe everything is future mm -hmm. and it's, it's a literal interpretation, no symbolic, no metaphorical meaning. They're called futurists. Right. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle where we believe that the scriptures have a double reference meaning. And in hermeneutics, they talk about the double reference meaning, mm -hmm. meaning that they prophesied and it'll fit their day, but yeah. also it could have some future yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, understanding. <clears throat> If we look at the Bible from that vantage point, the scripture talks about an antichrist that is supposed to emerge. Mm -hmm. Is that metaphorical? Is, the, is it a real antichrist, a figure yeah. that's gonna come on the scene and, and bring the one world government into play? Well, we're in the, you know, the way I interpret prophetic writings is, is kind of like the apostle Peter did. Remember on the day of Pentecost, they were all with one accord in one place, mm -hmm. Holy Spirit came and the, some people said, what meaneth this? See, mm -hmm. and that's the question. That's what we're saying. What, what, what does this yes, stuff mean? Yes, it, I think events can be interpreted. Yes, there's sir. a such yes, thing sir. as interpreting Your events. Relativity. <laughs> yeah, you can interpret it. Just like there's an interpretation of tongues. Yes, there's an interpretation of events. Prophecy is not just about mm -hmm. speaking the future. It's about interpreting what's happening right yes, now. And the people say, what meaneth this? Some say we're drunk. So you, these are all the different perspectives mm -hmm. of what's going on. Just like today, there are a lot of people who, who was saying, what does this stuff mean? Yeah. Then Peter stood up and said, this is that, yeah. which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In other words, he recognized what's mm -hmm. happening today is really what Joel was talking yes, about. Sir. And I think that's the way we have to look at this. Mm -hmm. Is this that, that Zechariah said, Jerusalem is a burdensome stone? Yeah. Is, if a charismatic leader surfaces right now and come to the Middle East and say, hey, let's make peace, and everybody goes for it. Will that be this Antichrist figure? Uh, if so, according to the prophetic writings, then that's going to trigger a seven-year tribulation yeah. period if you believe in that kind of stuff. Uh, and there are people that are on that track right now. They're looking for some leader to emerge out of the European common market nations over in that space, the ten toes of Daniel, as you read in the image. And if that happens, or is that all metaphor? Yeah. You know, and we have to determine where we stand yes, on those positions. But we're, we're, the stage is set for something to happen, for something to happen. And my position is I'm waiting for whatever happens and then try to say this is yeah. that. I'm not trying to say this is going to happen in that sense. Well, what, what, prophetically or whatever, let me ask you this. I'm a, I'm a simplistic type person. So I know a lot of people are going to be out there asking this question. Well, when Sarah put Hagar out, is this a fight between Isaac's people and Ishmael people? And will they never, ever have peace? That's a simple question that I can hear right now going on. Can you speak to that? There are those who interpret it as such, uh, just like uh, uh, Amen Bishop has spoken. The Word of God said, there is and there shall be many different voices in the world, and none are without merit. And there is a following for every voice that's emerging about this present time and this present interpretation of it.
and, and how critical this is because of the burden and the uncertainty of this moment and what it will lend itself to. I'm of the mind, such as yourself in the middle, with regard to uh, the Word of God, said He declared the end from the beginning. It were not yet the end, and the Bible tells us this is not the end, but it's only the beginning of sorrows. And so if that is prophetic, and it's still being fulfilled in this hour, then obviously then all Scripture could not have been fulfilled in its interpretation. But I believe, such as you said, the world is sitting on the edge of a seat now, literally waiting for what voice is going to emerge. And, and he says that even the elect shall be deceived because it's going to be a voice that's cloaked and clothed in faith in that sense. And so in that regard, that's again that the amplifies the significance of this moment and how circumspect are God's people in this hour. He said we're all to walk as children of light and not in darkness. Uh, at the same time, Look how dark the earth really is. Amen. In retrospect, uh, not just uh, Jerusalem amplifies it is, but look how dark the world really is uh, in this hour because there's Ukraine, there's other incidents and events that are going on throughout the world. And what the enemy t endeavors to do is distract us so that we don't mm. give any one significant event the attention that is due. But as I shared uh, last night in that sense, we can no longer look at events as singular, but understand the origin of it and its trajectory and how scripture and prophetic meaning, amen, can be drawn from everything that's happening in this hour. Well, let me, let me say this. Um, I think one thing that has been overlooked, at least in some circles, with respect to all of this, is something that I think is blaring, and we need to bring it up, and that is that human nature <laughs> uh, has not changed. Um, the barbarism that we saw in Hamas invasion, you know, yeah. cutting off females' yeah. breasts, mm -hmm. slitting babies' throat, decapitation. Yeah. I mean, that was like we was reading something yeah. out of yeah. out of the old medieval yeah. times. You know? Yeah. So, it, it, but what that's and I don't think that is germane to them alone. I right. think that is mm -hmm. on the on the stage of the world, so we mm -hmm. can see that we can go to college, get degrees, study science, and study. Shakespeare, but it doesn't teach you how to love your brother. We can study uh, uh, astronomy, but it doesn't teach you how to love your children and, and how to treat mm -hmm. your neighbor. Mm -hmm. I, I really think, because we're talking, oh, these are educated people. Yes, these sir. are people. These yeah. are not just, mm -hmm. just, just. you know, they give the, the stereotype that these are just a bunch of savages mm -hmm. over there. No, mm -hmm. these people were con doctors and professional people. But when it came to that, that other side came out. Yeah. And and I think that's that's a portrait that human nature has not changed and we have to look at what does it really take to transform people and you can't just say ed education can't change the heart I think it can give us skills so we can have tactical be tactically sound in what we do but it doesn't change the heart and then this whole controversy is over religion and two religious groups so so religion by itself is not changing the people <laughs> and so what we really need is a true relationship with God people are going to really have to get in touch with God and look at their religion and say is this transforming people if not what's really missing here 
I think part of the blaring uh, conversation has to be about what does it take to really transform people from bar barbarism to people who, who have civility and love in one another. Um, why does it take war to, to solve these problems? Why can't there be some real diplomacy? And you ask the question, uh, will there ever be peace over there? According to the scriptures, there is a world leader that's going to come and give a peace for three and a half years, and then he's going to break his covenant. And then it may not be peace if you believe in the second coming until Jesus comes right. and, and set that place in order. Um, because I think peace is only going to come when we have peace in our hearts. Uh, and uh, other than that, you know, I, I think it's, it's a very difficult thing. Uh, and the last point I want to make is that we've been fighting, uh, world, the world has been fighting proxy world, wars for a long time. Um, and, and what we're calling a war between Hamas, uh, which is a military organization for the Palestinians, mm -hmm. and Hezbollah, which is a military organization um, yeah, for Lebanon over there, um, are, are, are really proxy wars for, yeah. for Iran and, mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. the United States mm -hmm. is out here. And, mm -hmm. and you see that happening on the African continent yeah. all the time. You know, you've got the, the Hutus and this one fighting. They look like a bunch yeah. of black people running around killing themselves. But yeah. there, there are powers behind them trying yeah. to get the gold, yeah. so, so yeah. trying to get the oil. So there's always money at, at, you know, at the end of this thing. And so who's really behind all of this? Yeah. This is a huge, complex situation. And it takes some understanding to know where to, mm -hmm. where to position ourselves. I think it's much bigger than just the group we're looking at. But, but when you say the group we're looking at now, I'm going to have to bring you back to what your first statement, one of your first statements. So who, who, whose land is that? Are those the right people in the land? <laughs> <laughs> He's bringing the smoke now, y'all. <laughs> uh, is that the, is, are those the original Jews? Are they the ones that really have the right to Well, well let, me, let me say this. The scripture says prophetically that they, they're going to come back to their land. Whoever they are, they're coming back to their land. So is this a displacement so somebody else can come back? Yeah. You know, I'm going to leave all that up in the air. But, but I am suggesting that it was a political maneuver to get them there. Yeah. We do know that. Mm -hmm. now, now, who's going to end up there? Time will tell. And we'll say, this is that. I think what you say is so profound in the sense of the proxy war. And throughout history, people have been moved and manipulated by others. And often those involved in the most harshest things that have taken place in, in our human history have been the prawns of others. Uh, in that sense, even now in what's going on, uh, they're being manipulated, I believe, uh, from a, a broader agenda to see what's actually going on uh, in this hour. And scripture is written all over it. And I think what has surprised me for the last 30 years is the stark silence of the church. What's the perspective, and I, I appreciate Dr. Maxwell in bringing the smoke to even to challenge the subject, because now faith is predicated by people with brands and, right, and right. images and that, amen, they're, they're, they're looking for subscribers and no one wants to offend anybody in that sense, but to speak truth to power. Uh, I, I would, would close in just saying, beloved, whomever you are and wherever you might be, it's reason for concern if in fact 
Uh, you're looking to a future. This is reason for concerning your heart ought to be burdened by what's going on in Israel right now. And not just wait till you can catch the 11 o'clock news. The 11 o'clock news might be too late uh, in that sense. So, well, well, you heard it here. I'm going to let he just close his statement. We're going to let Bishop close out and we're going to go because Bishop got to teach. So I don't want to get in trouble. You know, <laughs> Bishop Dawson already had me on punishment for like six months. So I don't want to go back to the corner. You know? <laughs> let me just say this. What should we be doing right now? Yeah. You know, that's way over there. We're here. Number one, we need to be informed. Mm -hmm. We need to comprehend and, and in order to be able to position ourselves properly. The scripture talks about in Thessalonians, he that will hinder must hinder until he be taken out of the way. Mm -hmm. And that says the church is in the earth to restrain evil. We're really here to restrain evil. How do you restrain evil? You got to do good. I mm -hmm. think good overcomes evil. We all have mm -hmm. to figure out what our uh, sandbox is yeah. and where should we be doing good. Sometimes, you know, this is a huge issue and you say, well, what little thing can I do to mm -hmm. bring change to that? Just do good to, to the space yeah. where God has put you in. And I believe if enough of us are doing good, we're going to, mm -hmm. the presence of the Holy Spirit is going to restrain evil yeah. to a certain degree. Certain prophetic things are going to come to pass, but we have to shine a light in order to drive away darkness. I like the way he said that. Do what you do where you are. Yeah. If everybody play their position, we'll be good. Yeah. You can't win a football game with all quarterbacks. Can't win a baseball game with all pitchers. <laughs> yeah. If everybody play their position, we'll win. And funny thing, the greatest to me kickoff return person is probably Deion Sanders. But you know why he scored? Because he was able to break down the defense. What does that mean? That means when he went to the right, all the defense went to where he was going. And so then he'd bring them one way, go back another way, and take them out of their position and go back another way and, and, and score a touchdown. But if everybody would stay in their lane, there's no way he would win. If everybody on special team would just stay in their daggone lane, there's no way that anybody would run the ball back. It's just everybody want to make the play. Everybody want to go do whatever it is is that whatever the attention is going to. I already know I ain't called. You see, I ain't really say nothing. I ain't called to talk about all that. I brought them and they talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know my lane. I'm a community, try to get you to your destiny type pastor. I am not one to be telling you all. Now, I give you a prophetic word here and there. You know, I can, I can lead you apostolically, things of that nature as well. But I know good and well, I'm not trying to get deep into this. So I brought these two brothers here to talk about it. Why? Because I know my lane. When you understand your lane and you do whatever God has called you to do and you do it well, that's when you help advance the kingdom, right? Be you, be your authentic self, and let God use you. Because remember when David tried to use the arm of Saul, he couldn't even hardly walk. Uh, he couldn't hardly walk. He said, I'm going to take this off. And I'm sure they said, yeah. he's going to die. <laughs> but you know what? He grabbed his, his, his sling and his rock, and he did what he did, and he won. And I'm sure everybody looked at him like, how did he do that? You know why he won? You know what happened? The anointing began to come up out of him and rise up out of him like rivers of living water. Why? Because he became his authentic self. Be you and God can use you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Just because you don't know the prophetic words of these two bishops here does not mean that you don't have a great call. Be you and do what God called you to do. Stay in your lane to be successful. Deuce. Hey everybody, how you doing? This book, is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. 
and you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called leadership growth, the power and the pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the foreword. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McAuliffe, and by our Newport News Sheriff, Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willamaxwell.org or click on the links below, and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country, and I promise you it will bless your life.